Hello, my name is Bidem Yologunde and you are listening to episode 135 of the Bid Picture Podcast. In this episode, I'll discuss the not-so-new concept of Web3 and provide some thoughts about its security and privacy. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. Okay, so Web3.0 is an idea for a new iteration of the World Wide Web based on blockchain technology, which incorporates concepts such as decentralization and token-based economics. Some technologists and journalists have contrasted it with Web 2.0, wherein they say data and content are centralized in a small group of companies, sometimes referred to as big tech. The term Web 3 was coined back in 2014 by Ethereum co-founder Gavin Wood, and the idea gained significant interest in 2021 from cryptocurrency enthusiasts, large technology companies, and some venture capital firms. Some experts argue that Web3 will provide increased data security, scalability, and privacy for users and combat the influence of large technology companies. However, others have raised concerns about a decentralized web, citing the potential for low moderation and the proliferation of harmful content, the centralization of wealth to a small group of investors and individuals, or a loss of privacy due to more expansive data collection. Other people such as Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey have argued that Web3 is only a buzzword for now and it's not likely to gain any significant traction. So a little bit of background. Web 1.0 and Web 2.0 refer to eras in the history of the internet as it evolved through various technologies and formats. So Web 1.0 refers roughly to the period between 1991 and 2004, where most websites were static web pages and most users were consumers rather than producers of content. Web 2.0 is based on the idea of the web as a platform and it centers on user-created content uploaded to forums, social media, and networking services, blogs, and wikis, and so on and so forth. So Web 2.0 is generally considered to have begun around 2004 and continues today. So in other words, Web 1 is the read-only version of the internet. Web 2 is the read and write version of the internet. And Web 3 is shaping up to be the read, write, and own version of the internet. So rather than just using free tech platforms in exchange for user data, users can participate in the governance and operation of the underlying protocols of the internet themselves. So that's in Web3. This means that people can become participants and shareholders rather than just consumers or products. So in Web3, this sharing um, idea um, is going to involve or incorporate what's called tokens or cryptocurrencies. And they basically represent ownership of decentralized networks known as blockchains. So if a user holds enough of these tokens, they can then have a say over the network or over the blockchain. For example, holders of something called governance tokens can spend their assets 
to vote on several concepts, such as the future of a decentralized lending protocol. Invariably, what happens on a decentralized internet will be decided by the stakeholders, compared to how what happens on the main centralized internet now is currently determined by the likes of Twitter, Facebook, Google, and a very small number of companies. Web3 makes the proliferation of cooperative governance structures for products that were once centralized to be possible. So anything can be tokenized, whether it's a meme, a piece of art, um, someone's social media posts, or even tickets to concerts and sporting events. An excellent example of this paradigm shift can be seen in the gaming industry. So gamers often complain about the bugs that developers leave in their favorite video games or how a recent patch has affected the components or the functionalities of their favorite weapon systems. But with Web3, gamers can invest in the game itself and vote on how things should be run. So large Web2 companies like Meta and Ubisoft are creating virtual worlds powered in part by Web3. Non-fungible tokens, NFTs, will also play a significant role in reshaping the gaming industry by allowing players to become um, the immutable owners of the items they collect. So in terms of concept, specific visions for Web3 vary. However, those visions revolve around decentralization and often incorporate blockchain technologies such as various cryptocurrencies and non-fungible tokens, NFTs. Bloomberg has described Web3 as an idea that would build financial assets in the form of tokens into the inner workings of almost anything we do online. Some visions are based on the concept of decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs. So decentralized finance, DeFi, is another key concept. So in DeFi, users exchange currency without the involvement of financial institutions such as banks or government agencies. Self-sovereign identity allows users to identify themselves without relying on an authentication system such as OAuth, O-A-U-T-H, in which a trusted party must be reached to assess someone's identity. Technology scholars have argued that Web3 would likely run in tandem with Web2.0 sites, with those sites probably adopting Web3 technologies to keep their services relevant. So in terms of reception, the main criticism of Web3 is that it falls short of its own ideals. Ownership over blockchain networks is not equally distributed. Rather, it's concentrated in the hands of early adopters and venture capitalists. Technologists and journalists have described Web3 as a possible solution to concerns about the over-centralization of the web in the hands of a few big tech companies. Some have expressed the notion that Web3 could improve data security, scalability, and privacy beyond what is currently possible with Web2.0 platforms. According to Bloomberg, skeptics say that the idea is a long way from proving its use beyond niche applications, many of them tools that are aimed at traders of cryptocurrency. The New York Times actually reported that several investors are betting about $27 billion that Web3 is the future of the internet.
Some Web 2.0 companies, including Reddit and Discord, have explored incorporating Web 3 technologies into their platforms. For example, on November 8, 2021, Discord CEO Jason Citron tweeted a screenshot suggesting that Discord might be exploring the integration of cryptocurrency wallets into its platform. However, just two days later, after heavy user backlash, Discord announced that it had no plans to integrate such technologies. Instead, it was an internet-only concept that was developed in a company-wide hackathon. Some legal scholars have expressed concerns over the difficulty of regulating a decentralized web, which they reported might make it more challenging to prevent cybercrime, online harassment, hate speech, and the dissemination of child abuse images. However, there are also reports that a decentralized web represents the cyber libertarian views and hopes of the past, that the internet can empower ordinary people by breaking down existing power structures. Some other critics of Web3 see the concept as a part of the cryptocurrency bubble or as an extension of blockchain-based trends that they see as overhyped or harmful, especially NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Some critics have raised concerns about the environmental impact of cryptocurrencies and NFTs. So cryptocurrencies vary in efficiency with proof of stake being less energy intensive than the widely used proof of work. However, there are disagreements about how secure and decentralized this is in practice. Other people have expressed that Web3 is um, Web3 and the associated technologies are a pyramid scheme. So Jack Dorsey, the co-founder and former CEO of Twitter, has said that Web3 will not democratize the internet. Rather, it will shift power from players like Facebook to venture capital funds like Andreessen Horowitz. So back in November 2021, James Grimmelman, who is a professor of digital and information law at Cornell University, referred to Web3 as a promised future internet that fixes all the things people don't like about the current internet, even when it is contradictory. He also argued that moving the internet toward a blockchain-focused infrastructure would centralize and cause more data collection compared to how the internet is currently. Kevin Werbach, the author of The Blockchain and the New Architecture of Trust, has said that many so-called Web3 solutions are not as decentralized as they seem, while others have yet to show they are scalable, secure, and accessible enough for the mass market. He added that this may change, but it is not a given that all these limitations will be overcome. In early 2022, Moxie Marlinspike, the founder of Signal, articulated how Web3 is not as decentralized as it appears to be, mainly due to consolidation in the cryptocurrency field, including in blockchain application programming interfaces, APIs, which companies like Alchemy and Infura primarily control, um, also um, cryptocurrency exchanges, which is mainly dominated by Binance, Coinbase, Metamask, and OpenSea, as well as the stablecoin markets, which is currently dominated by Tether. Supporters of Web3 argue that a blockchain-based internet would improve the current internet in several ways. 
First, they say that Web3 platforms could allow creators and users to monetize their activity and contributions in ways that today's mega platforms don't. For instance, Facebook makes money by aggregating user data and selling targeted ads. A Web3 version of Facebook could allow users to monetize their data or even earn cryptocurrency tips from other users for posting engaging content. A Web3 version of Spotify could enable fans to buy stakes in up-and-coming artists, effectively becoming their patrons in exchange for a percentage of their streaming royalties. Drivers themselves could entirely own a Web3 version of Uber. So in essence, every product will simultaneously become an investment opportunity. Second, proponents of Web3 argue that its platforms could be democratically governed in a way that Web2 platforms aren't. The present-day internet giants like Facebook and Twitter are essentially autocracies. They can unilaterally seize usernames, ban accounts, and charge and change their rules at short or no notice. A blockchain-based social media platform could delegate those decisions to users who would vote on how to handle them. Thirdly, Web3 would be less reliant on ads-based business models than Web2, and because of that, absolute privacy would be more guaranteed with fewer trackers and targeted ads following people around the internet and fewer giant companies vacuuming up people's personal data. So these three points are based on a highly idealistic version of Web3, framed mostly by people who have a financial stake in making it happen the reality could very well be different. So in terms of security and privacy, we all know that Web2 applications repeatedly experience data breaches. Some websites are dedicated to keeping up with these data breaches to then tell users when their data has been compromised. In Web2, users don't control how their data is used or stored, and companies often track and save users' data without their consent. Users who live in countries where they have to worry about the negative consequences of free speech are also at risk. Some governments will often shut down servers or seize bank accounts if they believe someone is voicing an opinion against the official state narrative. Web3 aims to solve many of these shortcomings by fundamentally rethinking how applications are built and how users interact with them. In Web3, Software developers don't usually develop and deploy applications that run on a single server or even store their data in a single database. Instead, Web3 applications either run on blockchains, which are decentralized networks of many peer-to-peer nodes, or a combination of both blockchains and decentralized networks, so basically forming a crypto-economic protocol. And then the resulting apps are often referred to as DAPs, D-A-P-P-S, also known as decentralized apps. So to achieve a stable and secure decentralized network, participants, who are often developers, are incentivized to provide the highest quality services to anyone who uses the service. Web3 will provide more democratized forms of internet governance where users have a say. It will be a reimagination of the things that most people already use the internet for, but with a fundamentally different model for the interactions between parties. 
Information deemed public will be published. Information agreed upon will be placed on the consensus ledger and information believed to be private will be kept secret and never revealed. Communication would always happen over encrypted channels with pseudonymous identities as endpoints and never with anything traceable such as IP and MAC addresses. Supporters of Web3 argue that it will improve user privacy by putting individuals in control of their data via distributed personal data stores. However, critics say that the transparent nature of public distributed ledgers, which make transactions visible to all participants, is antithetical to privacy. Participants in public blockchains don't typically need to make their identities known. But researchers have demonstrated how transactions that are recorded on a blockchain could be linked back to individuals. For example, a recent paper by security researchers at web browser company Brave and Imperial College London found that many DeFi apps incorporate third-party web services that can access the user's Ethereum addresses. So while it is undoubtedly appealing that institutions will no longer have the power to hold user data hostage, it's still important to consider what exactly the public and transparent nature of Web3 means for user privacy. Some people have argued that Web3 requires users to give up privacy entirely since NFTs and blockchains are all public by default and they are terrible for ownership and security. A blog post by Angela Huang of the National University of Singapore stated that data security concerns are not entirely eliminated with Web3. She said security issues in the next iteration of the internet go well beyond data. For example, transacting anonymously on distributed ledgers comes with risks such as logic hacks on smart contracts and the lack of protection whenever things go wrong. In addition, in terms of privacy legislation, decentralization makes it difficult to identify the controller and processor of personally identifiable information, PII, as it is required in current data privacy laws such as the GDPR and the CCPA. Huang argues that due to its lack of central control and access to data, Web3 could make it even more difficult to police cybercrime, including online harassment, hate speech, and child abuse images. So to wrap up, I spoke about um, the not-so-new concept of Web3 and I provided some thoughts about its security and privacy. This is definitely something to keep an eye on because for some reason, um, since last year, the concept of Web3 has been gaining traction, especially among cryptocurrency enthusiasts. And it's just a matter of time before it either becomes widely accepted or widely debunked. Thank you for your time. Talk to you next time. The Beat Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer Sergey Gorski, graphic design Stacy Graham, senior producer Abidemi Ologunde, executive producers Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. 
please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at BDME. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.